This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Good evening. This is your Brentford Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with uh, the lads and ladies from Be Sorted. Joining me this evening, he's back. I am back from, interna- from international duty. He's not only the Brentford players I mean, doing international duty. You I know, you, you went to Russia, then you're back. To be fair, you're kind of following the schedule of the actual FIFA official international breaks, aren't you? Well, you mean the, the gravy train? Yeah. Uh, it wasn't the gravy train, though. It was, sort of, it was a different type of train. It was a vodka, long, vodka long train. train. It's, the Orient, it's the Orient Express, the yeah, late yeah, Orient Express. The rum, there's a rum train. That's right. <laughs> uh, Billy the Beer's in the house. GP, you're back as well? Yeah, back in the saddle again. Yeah, and good evening, Kate B. Hello, hello. Good to have you with us. Raring to go. Thank you very much for joining us. Plenty to talk. Brent for the second. They are, listen, we told you we are buzzing. Mon- this, it's the Monday show that did it. You know when I said to you the changeover. I said, "Listen, we need to do the changeover because there's things last season. We came in here and like we couldn't win a game for eight matches. We were struggling. But we thought if we change to the Monday, it's going to be a different thing because the team's going to go. We can't be having these guys slagging us off on a Monday. I mean, don't get me wrong. It, it also helped the fact that you started the show in March and and not at the start of the season. Yeah, but it was the planning it's, process. It's the the planning. On, the it was the planning on. process yeah, and all that. Like, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. I, I see the po- I see the pluses. That's right. You know? That's right. So listen. So the good thing is that we win and Sunday we're jumping and we're really happy and then Monday you know we go down to the pub beforehand you know for, for a production meeting Absolutely. We, uh, at least two or three pints beforehand the production <laughs> meeting <laughs> and we produced a lot of goods and then we were just smiling the whole time and just saying how brilliant Brentford are and then we just yep. didn't write anything we just thought we'll come on the show and say Brentford are brilliant Brentford are brilliant Brentford are brilliant they're pretty good you know <laughs> I have a feeling they're going up there's just something inside me that, that feels that there's, there's just something different about Brentford this year you're a lot more clinical yeah, but listen, we, last season when you were chumming up with your Fulham chums, <laughs> look, it paid the wages, yeah, it paid the bills, man. You were chumming up with your Fulham chums, and we were saying to you, look, we play great football, we're passing the ball around. Yeah, we don't have that £10 million striker because we can't afford a £10 million striker, but it's going to come. And I did say last season, the Malpay, I said to him, give him, don't take him off now because he's only been in the league for a year, but give him next season, he's going to become, he's going to be like blue cheese matured. And that's what's happened. Blue cheese. Yes, I've never heard of a. Have you ever heard of a striker being described as blue cheese? I have now. Yeah. Mm. Well, I have, but not in a good way. 
Okay. Uh, looking at some other bits and pieces. I mean, tell us about Wigan. I presume you all went. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Tell us about it. What was it like? Wigan was a beautiful, slick game of football. Very exciting. Very pleasing on the eye. And lovely to see Malpe back. We don't need a 10 million striker because we've got Neil Malpe. That's right. Well, he's probably about 10 million pounds now, now, actually. You know. We don't need to pay. No. I, I mean, you know, what were they like? I mean, Wigan, see, the thing is, Wigan came down and we were a little bit nervous when they came down because, again, if you believe all the, 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 the stats thing and the XG charts, Wigan were flying high. Quite a few of the sort of unfancied teams, Sheffield United, Brentford, Wigan, were all flying high in the XG, which means that they were creating good chances and also scoring good chances. So Wigan had a pretty good start to the season. Um, we spoke to the Wigan guys last week as well, um, the Wigan guys and girls, fantastic set, uh, bunch of people. They came down early, met them off the train, came down the pub and drinking with them, and they were like, this is going to be a great game, Bill. It's going to be, you know, end to end it's going to be like four all you know we're an attacking team you're an attacking team and they were really confident after their start to the season um they were good i thought to start all they were right to start off with they were competitive yeah and then we got the upper hand we scored the goal then they started to get a little bit niggly didn't they yes and no they they definitely did as i said they did start although i do think that we could have possibly been about three up in the first 10 minutes but again you know Wigan settled and then we got our very good first goal and then um, we kicked on from there and they kicked us plenty of cynical fouling going on there's plenty of cynical fouling going on but listen this is the thing that we come to expect um when you play decent football um yeah and it's not like oh we play decent football you don't but when you play decent football you play against teams um and they're going to try and stop you from playing your game and that's just part of the game um Middlesbrough did it against us in the playoff year and they were very good at doing it because not only did they stop us they stopped us in the right places I took Karanka as a manager knew right tell you something this is what you need to do in the middle of the pitch guys just take them down just have a little nick take them down you won't even get a yellow card for it so we were finding ourselves that our flow was being stopped by these teams at the time now as time has gone on we've 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 learned to do that to a certain extent we played Middlesbrough last season and they had um uh, playing the winger playing for them um Adama Troy Olmi a brilliant player fast but i tell you something we just took him out the whole time we took him out took him out because we started to learn that sort of, sort of slightly cynical game even it's not really brentford but we just realized that if we're going to get anywhere we need to play a little bit like that um but we did we did, we have been getting a bit of a bit of a kicking around the last few weeks because i think teams have realized you know if we're playing against a team who passes 550 600 times a match you know we need to stop them from passing so let's just kick him but we, we talked about it sorry Gary we talked about it earlier in the season about Dean Smith and how he's sort of uh, become a bit more streetwise and matured as a coach if you like and how he's just adapted things differently yeah yeah I mean I, I, again I think Dean Smith has grown into the job really well as he said you know in the past he was you know he went on good run then bad run then good run then bad run but everything just looks a lot more settled and everybody seems to know what they're exactly what they're doing this year and as uh, as you can see from the table and the results we've had it shows yeah it certainly does um bill what else did you want to uh, bring up Pat? no it's just i'm just talking about because we were talking about wigan as well and, and how do they cope with this game and and we thought okay fair enough it's a good result you know it's two nil if you speak to and we're going to talk to the fans a little bit later on their their view of the game it should have been more 100 percent. it should have been more but wigan um, we thought we dealt with them adequately. Their manager, um, when he described the game in the press conference, all he says is the 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 biggest benefit I can take out of this game is we don't have to play Brentford again this season at, at their place. 
and I, I, and I thought that was quite telling yeah. like you know quite a compliment yeah it was a compliment mm. 100% a compliment and to be fair they were actually very complimentary and they had a lot of manners Wigan and and the thing that we like about Wigan they're, they're a team very similar to us when we first played them um, back in uh, you know the first time we got into this division in 2014 there was a bit of beef between us uh, Wigan had just come down from the Premier League they had loads of money um, they just poached our manager Uwe Rosler the season beforehand um, they just they were trying to poach or they poached um, Adam Forshaw from us and they tried to basically get him for about 50p and it all kicked off really badly between basically our management and also between our fans and their fans so we didn't get off on the best footing and us and Wigan fans had proper beef but since then we've come together a little bit more and we found out that as they've come down in level and they've gone down and they come up again and we've done what we had to do they're like yeah you're you're kind of quite like us and you know a bit of a laugh you like a bit of a drink and so we're, we've actually had a bit more of a, a kind of coming together so um like I said to you, you know, we're, we're actually quite similar in, in sort of stature to a certain extent mm. with Wigan. And, and and again, the compliment that we get played, just like the owner and, and the manager, is a lot of them just saying, you know, we we need to kind of adopt the similar type strategy and style to what you, you have done um, in development. But it's taken us, what, three or four years to do that. It's something that doesn't happen overnight. And I think this is what teams have to realise. It's not about just, bang, putting a manager in and making it happen. It's kind of like you've got to change the, the way that you whole club works no sign of a Wigan kebab though well I don't know we haven't been up there this season well no no they didn't bring any takeaways down with no it. no they didn't, yeah, didn't good, bring yeah. any takeaways that's 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 you, you do not a Wigan kebab is don't you no no no, no. I'd assume a kebab Bill. from Wigan but that's I, I, I don't actually Paddy know. do you know what a Wigan kebab is I'll tell you what, I'll leave you to your research, and after the break, I want to know, what is a Wigan kebab? We'll have your, uh, your B-sotted audio as well. We're going to hear from uh, uh, the fans post-match from uh, after Saturday's game. As usual, you can get in touch with us at Love Sport Radio. And Twitter. very, very quickly as well, Pierre-Emile Hoiberg has put Southampton one goal to the good uh, up against uh, Brighton and Ivabian. It was quite a good goal as well. 25, 30 yards at Rocket, bounced in front of the keeper, back of the net. They're into the second half at St. Mary's. Southampton one, Brighton now. We'll be back on the other side. It's Love Sport. It's hard to say Kremlin without thinking of Gremlin. Am I right? I know I'm right. Love Sport. I work for a spokesman said.com. We can help you save money on your home insurance. All you need to do is visit a spokesman said.com and find out if we can find you a better deal. Ian Stone's Comedy Breakfast on Love Sport. Coach, cricket coach Trevor Bayliss has hinted that Josh Butler could kick the wicket-keeping gloves full-time in the test team. What did he, what did he hint? What did he, did he just say? So they said, who's going to be the wicket-keeper? Yeah. He went, <laughs> Butler. <laughs> Weekdays from 6.30am. Arsenal are the Gooners. I thought that was a kid's movie from the 80s. Very popular, very, very popular. Tremendously popular. The Fans Show with 7bestbets.com. From casinos to horses, we've got it covered. 7bestbets.com. Love Sports, official betting partner. Very happy with that, Bill. We've got a few more goals, but clean sheet, the win. I'm being at home still. All wins, what more can you ask for? But the boys performed really well. A bit little worried about Meps getting injured, but... We got back up for that, so it's all looking good. Shame to go early, shame the game early. I mean, what more can we ask for for that? And we didn't really lose control of the game. And uh, I think the frustration, they got a red card, so what more? Brentford at the moment second in the table. The chance of we are going up in the background. Is that a little bit premature? Not at all. I think, you know, we know we actually dropped some points. Maybe Blackburn, we should have picked up one there. 
Stoke, no, and two is about right for us. They, they didn't come down here to park the bus. They, they did try and play a little bit of football. But in the end, they got cynical. You could see they just couldn't really cope with what we were doing. And then the nasty stuff came out, the cynical stuff came out, and they rightly had a player sent off. It's good to see, though, that we're dealing with it and still putting these seams to bed. We're getting the wins. Mate, no bananas on that pitch today. It was, um, that was a high-quality solid professional performance without being massively spectacular but high quality level of football I thought that was a really good I think against a decent team change obviously when they went down to 10 um, and we'll see a lot worse teams than that down here but I thought we controlled that from start to finish that was very very impressive the only thing that slightly disappointed me is that the um, team needs to retain its discipline it needs to make sure that the, the teams will come to Nicholas they will come to try and provoke certain of our players Malpay Mepham others and we need to retain our cool heads so and that's obviously you know teams have decided that's going to be our weak point that we're going to get hot headed that we could lose and, the, and our players have got to remember that it's a long season they've got to remember that yellow cards red cards are going to count against us and could in the end affect our performance so while it was a really good performance today let's cut out the niggles please we've definitely got what it takes to be top six um, I still think top two will be a push because um, you know because I just think there's teams with much more money to spend albeit not as wisely as we do um, but you know I, we, we, we'll be there or thereabouts so I'm pretty sure of that I, I th- th- this is no fluke this season we are playing very very well um, we've got a very strong side we can afford for Chris Meppen to go down and nobody to be in the least bit worried because on, co- on comes your man Jean-Pierre when he comes and um, you know we're all chilled we've got another great centre back and you know and, and, and we're you know we're ripping up the rule book aren't we we've got two kids playing at centre back people will tell you you know football fans will tell you in the championship what you need what you need you need a lot of experience you need old old English blokes with experience to do well in the championship and, and we're ripping up the rule books it's just there's a, there's a really good feel good factor and you know long may it continue this season um, we've got a reasonably sized squad it's, we probably need to think in January exactly you know what our, what our priorities are at the end of the season I think that's the next big thing is what happens in that next transfer window and um, and and you'll really know how serious we are about it. We're quality in, every, in almost every department, Bill, from, from, the, from the back all the way through the defence, the midfield and the forwards and the wingers. We've got quality in every department. And, and we, yeah, I, it, might, it might get boring. I, hopefully it will get really boring during the course of the season when we say we're playing great football every week. If people get bored by it, I don't, I don't give a monkeys. You know, it, we have to say it as it is. We are really, really good. We're, it's... it's the football, some of the football again today was just sublime, and uh, you know, it, it, it be, you know, people that ridiculed us about using stats, and people that ridiculed us about using XG as a as a barometer of how you deserve to win games, people that ridiculed us about. You know our trans selling selling players, but replacing it with two or three players. But you know all all of these people they seem to be falling by the wayside. You know it's really really exciting times. You have it. Listen, Laney was going in there, wasn't he? he? Was. At the end, he was just like, "Hold on, I'm just unleashing this one. I'm telling the world, I'm, I'm, I'm bearing my soul." <laughs> the people that said this, the people that said that, you know, you can you can see the fingers pointing, <laughs> and it's there's no no video, you know. I thought I thought that was wicked actually, but um, but wicked game. 
played some great football and a really uh a really delightful comment from Brentford owner Matthew Benham, wasn't it, Kate? Yeah, so he described the football we were playing as liquid football, which is a properly accurate term for the kind of amazing slick passing um, beautiful movement that was on display on Saturday. Um, right from the very beginning, those first 10 minutes we just looked absolutely sublime as, as the right word from Laney in the in the little thing there. Um, just all those passes connecting, Ben Rama, Watkins, Mope across the front looking absolutely beautiful. And but ben Rama did a did a proper job starting it's interesting and he did do a proper job and he yeah. obviously set up the goal he yeah. set up the first goal and that first goal's wicked got back to the byline cut it back we've got the ball in the back of it but i chatted to ben rama after the game as you do um yeah now i had a little chat with him i've got a little photograph it's on my instagram i don't use my instagram that much but my billy the b99 instagram i've got a little photograph of me and the ben rama and i said you know this guy's the top man the arsenal fans you need to remember his name um He's a great player, and we, like I said to you, we saw him in Laney when he played against Watford, and we thought, cool, blimey, he's quite good, isn't he? And he's just coming into himself. But when I chatted to him, and I had to go for his... He, he had about 15 of his mates had come down from France to come see him play, so obviously um, he, he was quite pleased, but he wasn't very happy with his performance. Really? Yeah, so I said to him, oh, you had a good game today, and he was like, mm, yeah, I don't know. And I said, you set up the goal, and his mate said to him, yeah, you did the assist. And he was just like, mm, yeah, so... He wasn't, wasn't that Jean Vier in the background? No, Jean, <laughs> Jean Vier, please, if you were to say it properly, Jean Vier, you know. But um, so yeah, he wasn't happy. He wasn't happy with this game, and I was just thinking that's quite good because yeah. he's setting his levels quite high very already. High. You know, he did say he was very excited about the Arsenal game, but at the same time, we mustn't focus about that. We got two games before that, don't we? We do. Yeah. You know. So uh, so yeah. So liquid football, me guess. Um, didn't we play liquid football last season, or has it changed? Well, this year, a lot of people say we're getting the end product, which in a lot of our games, you know, this time last year, we were playing very good football and just not winning football games. Um, we just weren't scoring enough. Um, we were scoring one in a game and conceding one in a game. We seem to have tightened up at the back and we're scoring more up front. And that is the big, big, big difference. There was an incident, a big incident in the second half as well, because Wigan, they're all right. You know, and then all of a sudden they just turned on us, didn't they? Yeah. And you get this in football where all of a sudden it's like the team, you know, to try and stop the other team playing gets a little bit niggly, gets a little bit nasty. They got the old tackles flying in. They, they did all sorts of stuff. They're berating and all that kind of stuff. And that Morsi, um, he was a bit naughty, apparently, beforehand, because before the incident, apparently there was an incident between him and Malpe in the area. I didn't see it myself because no, I was in the other. But did you, you heard about it though? Didn't yeah, you? I did. Uh, and can you do, do you want to describe what happened? Uh, well, I, I think it was a Vinnie Jones, Paul Gascoigne moment. From what Twitter leads me to uh, yes. understand. <laughs> and what, is, what exactly does that mean? <laughs> a little bit of um, not gentle cupping. Okay, so not gentle cupping his cups. <laughs> so basically, Morsi grabbed um, Malpe by the how's your father's, um, apparently, Indeed. and uh, yeah, and 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 apparently it didn't go down particularly well. So uh, a couple of minutes later, he he did the elbow to the to the face, yeah, and he got sent off. So uh, yeah, I think they're appealing that, aren't they? Apparently, Wigan are appealing it, but um, I mean, again, you've seen it about 3,000 times. Yeah, to be honest, I saw it on my phone and I thought, yeah, it looks like, you know, like clear. When I saw it on a bigger TV, you, yeah, and again, it's probably one of those where you know there's going to be a collision yeah. and you try and protect yourself, but you've got, it's reckless when your elbow kind of goes straight to the guy's head. Where was VAR 
when you needed it. Well, tell you what, they're holding it back because they said, tell yourself, we don't need VAR against Wigan because Brentford will win anyway, but they're playing Arsenal in a couple of weeks and that's when they're going to bring the VAR in. You know that we got VAR apparently for the Arsenal. Right. Ah, I see a bit, mm. little bit of knowledge. There <laughs> you have it. At 9.21, Southampton have just doubled their advantage. Danny Ings is really on fire. Just scored a penalty after being felled in the box and uh, yeah, he has put Southampton 2-0 up over Brighton and Hove Albion. 9.21, we'll take a quick pause. Plenty more to talk about when we come back and we, we're going to be talking hopefully liquid football I just think it's such a great description plus I need to know what is a wig and kebab 921 slash sport me and Mike Pence are going to make a beautiful movie it's going to be called Dumb and Dumb Hair Love Sport 558am The Fans Show with 7bestbets.com Fancy a flutter? 7bestbets.com Love Sport's official bookmaker Can you save money on your car insurance? Chris did with a little help from a spokesman said.com. Getting real people, real savings. I'm Chris from Leicestershire, a truck driver. I went on a spokesman said, which was very easy to use for an old kit like myself. And the £300 savings enabled me to take my granddaughter to Pontins on holiday. Find quotes from over 100 leading insurance providers at a spokesman said.com. Real people, real savings. Compare, switch and save with a spokesman said.com. Fighting for you, saving you money. 7bestbets.com. If you are looking for good odds with a simple to use app, visit 7bestbets.com. As a new customer, you will receive great welcome offers. We cover all sports as well as an online casino and full range of virtual sports. If that's not enough, regular customers benefit from loyalty bonuses too. 7bestbets.com. Please gamble responsibly. Visit Gamblerware for more details. The Novotel London Blackfriars, the official hotel partner of Love Sport. Located just minutes away from the city and London's famous South Bank. You can kick back and taste the flavours of the world at the Jamboree Bar and Grill and enjoy all the sights of London in style. The Novotel London Blackfriars. 30-30 Tennis is the new alternative scoring format that creates shorter matches. The clue is in the name. Every game starts at 30 all. That is 30-30. Best of three sets matches are completed in 40 to 60 minutes and best of five in 60 to 90 minutes. 30-30 or T-30 can be described as the youngest sporting sibling of Cricket's 2020 or T-20. For more information, visit 3030tennis.com. That is T. H-I-R-T-Y Then the digits 3 and 0 Followed by tennis All one word dot com Taking antibiotics when you don't need them Puts you and your family at risk Of a longer and more severe illness Always take your doctor's advice Search NHS Antibiotics I have to tell you Crystal Palace Spectacular Really great Shiny The Fans Show With 7bestbets.com The official bookmaker Of Love Sport Brighton and Hove Albion have grabbed one back. Southampton two, Brighton one. Shane Duffy, who apparently is from Thomastown, uh, according to our uh, our producer Paddy outside. He always insists on whenever there's an Irish player, insists on letting me know where exactly they're from. So thank you very much for that bit of geogra- uh, geographical knowledge. Um, where do we go now, Bill? Are we still looking back over Wigan? Yeah, just why not? Yeah, just just a, you know, a few last thoughts on on the, on the Wigan game. Um, it's interesting because, like I said to you, we think that we've been doing, uh, we've been playing very well, 
um we don't want to get over carried you notice that people are excited but they're not going yes we're gonna be you know champions even though they was yeah exactly <laughs> even, even though there were a chance of we are going up on the terraces um we had a little listen to all the fans back in the pub then well, we didn't have any Wigan fans because they, they'd all scarpered back to, to Wigan on the train and they're, they're sort of kind of like fists waving and stuff but um, we listened and interestingly the Allard who is one of our very analytical podcast guys and he talked about the fact he said you know this is a definite step up from last season we're definitely top sticks but I don't think we're going to get promoted or I don't think it's automatic because he believes that teams with more money will pip us to the post because they've got more money now Kate, I'm just wondering, what do you think of that from the Allard? I I see where the Allard is coming from there. I think um, it's still early doors. It's a long season and all that, all those truisms. I think the thing he said that really struck a chord with me was that it depends what happens in January, um, who we keep hold of, if we bring people in. You know, that that kind of thing seems to me to be like central to to where we're going to end up because don't want to lose people. Yeah, it just kind of depends on if we get kind of a mid-season churn in our team of people going and coming and you know again somebody in the midlands will get sacked and everybody's going to start going and all oh, it's got to be dean smith got to be dean smith and if all that starts up is you know potentially history says that that could derail us but you know we can only because of that we can only really focus on what's happening in the immediate future in the next couple of games but again, it's this whole thing about, you know, it's all about the cash. And, you know, I understand that. I mean, Wolverhampton Wanderers obviously spent their cash very well last season. They had know, a lot of it to they spend. They had though. a lot of money to spend, you know. Just like your chums Fulham as well, who had a lot of money to spend in the Premier and in the Premier League. Mm. And it's, again, how you spend that money. Not saying they're spending it badly, but it's just, you know, you have to see it. It doesn't necessarily mean because you've got and you're spending a lot of cash that you're going to do the business. And this is kind of where I'm at. If it, obviously, if it clicks, then it will, will do. And uh, I'm looking at the teams around us, and all the teams around us have pretty much have got more money than us. Leeds United have, Borough have. They'll, they'll bottle it. You know, Derby, <laughs> Derby have, you know. So it's, it's, it's quite interesting. So this, this question about not having as much money as these teams, is that really an issue? I think it, it, we're, we're sort of proof that it's not right our position now the quality of football we're playing now the way we're discovering people and not paying 10 million for a striker is proof that intelligent business models are just as important um if not if not more important you know we don't have to worry about going bust in quite the same way as lots of other clubs do um i think it'll be i think playing leeds is going to be is going to give us a clearer indication of sort of where we sit i'll be intrigued to see how that first meeting pans out i mean that is that is definitely the barometer but let's I have a couple of questions. Yeah. Sorry, just, just you know. I really want it to be like question time. Gentlemen over there. Gentlemen over there. <laughs> um, firstly, with the new stadium, does that mean that budgets will be adjusted and, and will be high, obviously? More commercial revenue, more more people through the doors. Will, 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 will things change then? I mean, I think things have obviously changed with the new stadium. We'll get more revenues in, but everyone presumes, because we're going to move to a new stadium from like 10,000 to 17,000, mm. right? They think, oh, yes, you're, you're minted. But it's like, if you think about it, you've got an extra 5,000 people in, you know, over the year. I, you know, I don't know what you're going to get, an extra million, an extra couple of million, plus your hospitality and stuff like that. 
it's not going to actually kind of you know it's not going to change things massively right you know it, and this is what this is the fallacy that that, that 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 people get you know they think oh we're moving to a new stadium that's going to make us uh, you know um uh, completely and utterly you know in the black the whole time and it, it doesn't quite work like that for us to move forward really the way that we're going now and the way the football league's going is that we you know you get the premier league and that money comes in and that gives you a cushion even if you get relegated from that you've got that money because the system's so messed up you know you still get you get you get money for failure you know what i'm saying so but you're inside there then you you you, you get your coffers you've got your money that's paid back to actually get you to position you and then you move forward the thing is you've got to consider is the stadium we are building is still less than half the size of elland road hillsborough villa park and grounds like that yeah but they've got beneficiaries who are just chucking money out at left right and center let's be fair yeah look at all the other clubs i mean it'll be actually interesting to do like you know a massive cross section of all the clubs look at every single owner look at their net worth and then look at how much they commit to the club and how much they waste look at chan siri at sheffield wednesday the guy has wasted i mean since what 2011 but again his name should be chan siri ffp you know fernandez should be fernandez ffp you know all these players they forget this is the issue so what they do is that they go poor or bust as it is of course put their money in because they know they've got three years with the ffp yep. to try and because it's it's over three years now that ffp is so they go for it and if it happens brilliant so all of a sudden bournemouth they've breached the ffp they get up there they're doing the business but oh oh no we got fined so they get fined 40 40 million they've just been paid 150 million we'll happily pay 40 million thank mm-hmm. you very much so basically it's a bit of a gambler going on so, and, I, and i think football clubs some of them thought about breaking the rules because they're thinking if we if we break the rules we don't really it's get all that. it's all about risk and reward isn't it yeah. it's all about risk and reward one one other point i was gonna uh, i was gonna raise sorry you know no. gentleman at the top yeah. um will this Moneyball style data system slash scouting Scandinavia and 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 places like that and trawling for players, will that work and will it be sustainable in the Premier League if Brentford go? Because I reckon within the next two years Brentford will go. That's just my outside shot, and I'd love to get an odd uh, from someone on on how much I'd get for that. But you know, it would be interesting to see how Brentford's transfer strategy change or changes once you know that they are a premier league club it's going to be i mean it's going to be this similar but different and the reason why i say that is that obviously the owner uh, matt bendham also owns fc michelin mm. and when he bought them they were basically on their knees and within a couple of years they'd won the danish league and they're in the european champions league, league europa league you know yeah and then they had a couple of seasons where they chilled out a little bit and then this season again they won the the championship over in denmark and then the champions league again mm. so basically they're a team literally who are on their knees and all you do is that you you just up it up a level so at the moment now we'll go and buy players for a million a million and a half maybe two million but if you go up a level instead you're buying players maybe for six or eight instead of buying players for 20 or 25 that other teams are playing but those yeah. values those players eventually have a value which are higher so we'll do exactly the same thing but we just have a, a higher financial threshold which we can do it with there you go and if you've got any other questions billy's willing to answer it. <laughs> uh, life love personal football whatever you want even cookery Indeed, in cookery. cookery. But tell you what, we've got somebody who's going to talk to us about the theatrical side of football. Can, can, can we get that after a quick pause? Of course. Of course. Let's, uh, let's have a quick pause. Let's, let's give Paddy out there a break. Uh, still 2-1 to Southampton. 15 to go at St. Mary's. Brighton are chucking the kitchen sink here. And we'll have a theatrical uh, overview on uh, on Brentford next on Love Sport. I'm kind of sad that peace is coming to Korea. Now I'll have to find another country to start World War Three with. You're pulling. How about it? 
Ian Stone's Comedy Breakfast on Love Sport. I had to giggle when uh, Ferdinand said Mourinho has to use all his dark arts to not just keep Pogba, but to sort of dark bring arts. this dark arts. What's hypnotising? Well, well, you are staying at Manchester. <laughs> well, you I love it here. <laughs> Salford <laughs> is your spiritual home. Why wouldn't well, you stay in Salford? Up. Where am I? <laughs> Weekdays from 6:30 a.m. The odds with seven best bets. Please gamble responsibly. Hi, it's Liam from 7bestbets.com. It's Ryder Cup time. Outright USA to win, four to five. Europe are five to four, and you can get the draw at ten to one. Top European golfer, Justin Rose, is favourite amongst the Europeans, and you can get him at nine to two. Rory is in at fives, Molinari is eight to one, and Poulter is ten to one. Those are the odds with 7bestbets.com. The odds with seven best bets. Please gamble responsibly. The dogs have been let loose. And with no muzzles in sight, these animals are bringing the bark and bite to your drive home. It's the Brian Moore Show with the Pitbull and James Greyhound Grey. Bringing you all the latest in sports news, sports views and off-the-leash vicious debate. Join the pack weekdays from 3pm on Love Sport. This is Love Sport. Love Sport Radio, 9.34 across the capital. Let me hand over to our um, our theatre editor. Your theatrical correspondent. Thank you. That will go... I was going to call you an editor because an editor is harder than a correspondent. But, okay. I'll, I'll, take, I'll take a promotion. No, arts editor. Arts editor. Arts editor. Okay. Yeah. So, well, so as well as my football fan hat, I also have a theatre fan hat. Uh, and in my spare time, I like to review plays for the Morning Star newspaper. Nice. You can read them online plug plug <laughs> um and i was thinking well me and billy were chatting about plays about football and we were thinking about the unlikely coming together of these two uh, fantastic forms of art that's right and, and and i was reading this article the other day about something that i'd never heard of you might have heard of it as well it was uh, apparently there's a book called memoirs of an asian football casual no. um yeah by uh, a book by a guy called reese khan um and it's from the 80s and basically uh, a young asian lad who grew up in leicester and he basically became a football hooligan and part of the leicester's baby squad because he wanted to feel part of a culture wanted to be part of something so basically he was saying that his his movement that leicester baby squad was a really multicultural football hooligan mm. crew yeah so the uh, black white and asian used to go all up and down the country cause all sorts of havoc but it's just a really interesting book because it was talking about football it was talking about culture it's talking about you know the racism that went down in particular in the 80s i mean i can't sort of you know i, I understand that era massively you know if you went on the terraces if you were black or asian in those days it was a very very dangerous time to be on there you know I've, i was chased around all sorts of places by all sorts of skinheads and, and very very nasty people i've got quite a few beatings by people and it's like what do you do you either stop going to football or you, you find some way that yeah. you can carry on in your sport so it's quite interesting to read riz khan's story how he went through and how he kind of moved in with the leicester baby squad and then after that he changed out and then he, he moved to islam and he you know he just he, he, he changed a lot of things but then he wrote a book about it which was a very popular book and a lot of people have read it and then it's become a play and it's actually at i mean it's not at the moment now but it's actually a play out in leicester at the moment obviously now in his hometown playing for about four or five days i looked at that and i thought tell you something i'd actually really like to go and see that so that that play 
I'm sure we may come down to London and might go on tour as you know Kate because yep. you do a lot of um you know you work a lot in theatre so you know a lot about that so we just thought that was actually quite interesting yeah well and there's a bit of a it seems to be a bit of a moment for like football plays going on so as well as this one up at Leicester at the Curve Theatre um the Theatre Royal at Stratford East which is an absolutely amazing venue and everyone should go to it, it is um they've got a play called The Wolves by a woman called Sarah Delap um which is coming on and um it's focused on a kind of high school girls soccer team it's talking about their kind of team vibe friendships you know thinking about the whole sort of highs and lows of their season um, but central to the play is actual playing football so it's been two productions in the states and they've both had an astroturf pitch on the stage oh, is it? and both uh, casts have gone through this really intense football training uh, like sessions so that when they're on stage they're actually like doing skills and stuff and doing proper warm-ups so That's be massively interesting to see that that's, that's quite good that and that's out in october as well isn't it i yeah. think it is so and it's interesting because you talk about um this women's uh, this say women's football or girls mm. football so it's about this girls football team in america it's a play yep. it's, it's it, it, they've taken it to london i mean my my daughter's in a a, a a girls football team she played a very first match on sunday nice you know nice. shout out yeah shout out <laughs> afc finchley as well big up afc finchley and i am um, <laughs> no sorry afc late afc late i'm from finchley <laughs> afc late what are you talking about yeah, yeah, yeah. I dropped it. I dropped a clanger there, didn't I? He's a, he's a, he's a, he's a casual. Yeah, that's right. So AFC Leighton. So and anyways, my first like, my daughter, very proud. Her Olivia and a lot of her other friends as well were playing. And I've never done the Sunday morning you know, kid football thing. This is a, completely new to me. Um, I've I've heard about it and I didn't know about it. And it was very nice. You go out there, you put the posts up, and the girls were playing fantastic football. <laughs> but what I didn't realise is that you got the parents like from the other team berating the referee and the coach was shouting and they're swearing there's all sorts of going on and I'm thinking hold on a second this is like an, this is an under 11s game like mm. you know but um, it's a lot of seriousness that's taken on and on, 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 on the fields on the football fields uh, out there I don't know if you've ever seen that Aaron yeah um, obviously you know in my younger days yes I mean, not that my dad actually ever watched. He, he never, he never gave to watch me play. But you just used to see people's like, you know, mums and dads. Even when we were playing at school, you know, our games used to be, uh, you know, I think it was two o'clock, two o'clock kick off on a Wednesday, or three o'clock kick off on a Wednesday, and there'll be fans, parents, you know, they all turn up. Um, you know, we do, we, we, because I'm, I'm very fortunate. I had a, I had a private education. Yes. Y- you go to some schools who had built a little stand as well. Like, Whoa, okay, <laughs> you know, um, it was incredible. But um. Yeah, I know what you mean. I think there's uh, this big culture now of coaches who, who give out little leaflets saying, look, don't have a go at the kids. Don't oh, no, have no, a no. go at them. That's all part of the respect culture. Yeah, too. So yeah. you were told that beforehand. So I, I thought that's going to be fine. I thought it was going to be like that. So I, I was quite surprised uh, that <laughs> the, the, the berating and the sort of like, you know, you know the, the foul throws, the kids are foul throwing and all this. And I was thinking, well, they're, only, they're only 11 and it's their first match, you know, mm. kind of give them a little bit of a break. So uh, like I said to you, there's, there's some people that see, <laughs> seem to take this thing very seriously. And that was at a home match. So I'm going to be very interested to see what it's going to be like when we go into enemy territory. Like, you know, I might have to go and bring me armour on. No like, <laughs> no, no, we're not wearing any colours actually. Don't be wearing no. colours. No, no, I'll just be standing in the corner. You know, I might have a, give a call to uh, Riz Khan see if he can come down <laughs> and, and protect us, like you know. And back to the arts. Yes, yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Enough fighting. So, Gaz, I mean, you, we were talking about actually. Um, movies that, uh, that that maybe should be turned into plays. I mean, you, there was a, there was a few of them there as well, wasn't there? Um, I guess you'd say, yeah. I mean, you'd say. I think the Damned United was, wasn't it? Yeah, that, they did a pl- they did a play. Um, it was at West Yorkshire Playhouse. My former mentor at university, a big Leeds United fan, and um, you know I was so tempted to go up and watch it. The problem is, again, 
you know who's going up to Leeds on a Tuesday night you know when you've got university or work or something like that it's yeah. very very difficult well, and that's a football match yeah, all right, Bill. All right. Uh, but, you know, you've got such limited time to do things. Um, the Damned United, though, is an interesting one. Um, it was uh, written by uh, David... David... I'm not going to say David Power. Or David... David. It basically, uh, what he did was he'd actually taken that section of Clough's life, Clough and Taylor's lives, and he basically run it through his own mind and mm. added in little bits and pieces here and there and it was actually rejected by the Clough family Barbara Clough uh, God rest her soul Brian's um, Brian's late wife and you know Nigel and their other children as well as Peter Taylor's family were like we're not having that it just depicts Clough and Taylor as just two basic clowns don't get me wrong Michael Sheen is absolutely amazing in it yeah. however um, you know the book I don't know if, has anyone read the book no. I, yeah I did read it I, I, I can lend you a copy if you want um, it's very very different to to the uh, it's David Peace sorry David Peace is the author it's very very different to the film and I can imagine very very different to the screenplay I mean genuinely I came away reading that book kind of just like that's a load of rubbish like genuinely having I mean uh, this is quite a weird thing to admit but there was a point in time for about a year that i was obsessed with brian clough like obsessed with brian clough so i've read like every book written about him every book he like wrote every book people every article you name it watched every interview every video i think the guy was just like he was just an anomaly like there was just something about him that just made him just so different he was so sharp it was unreal um and there was very few people that could break him i actually saw for the first time a video yesterday of his uh, retirement when barry davis made him cry in a t- in the tunnel at the city ground and barry davis just goes to him it's a pleasure knowing you saying he just he just like you could just see his face welling up and he just quickly gives him a hug and walks off but you know to see what David Peace tried to achieve there was so... It's just like, what are you doing, pal? And I think what annoyed the families the most was the fact that he just picked out that 44 days. He didn't go on and go, oh, Forrest won back-to-back European Cups, you know, Clough and Taylor did this, 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 this. He just stuck to that bit. Just t- yeah, just the little that little snippet. Yeah. So, so much more of a bigger story to be told. I mean, there's a lot of things that, you know, Johnny Giles has come out and said, Billy Bremner, etc., etc. They've all come out and gone, that was made up, that was made up, that was made up, that was made up, that was made up. So it's like, it's filtered through his imagination, whereas... You know, I mean, there are very few actual football movies and, and bits and pieces which are 100% true, aren't they? No, I mean, like, you know, escape to victory for a start, you know, just mm. digging a big hole under a, a building, you know, <laughs> a prison. You know, it happens all every day, doesn't it? You know, um, Mean Machine, actually, is a friend of Besotted, Ralph Brown, who's a Hollywood actor as well. He's down at Brentford only well, back in the last season for the QBR game as well. And he was in Mean Machine. He actually took me down the set and he introduced me to Vinnie Jones. I was going to say, was he in the original one in the 50s or no, 60s? No, 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 he was in the Who was in the original? One. I can't remember that. I can't remember that far back. Was it, was it Burt Reynolds? Yeah, it was Burt, Burt Reynolds. Reynolds. Yeah, because and then they did a remake of that um, called The Longest Yard of with Adam Sandler. Sandler. That was actually quite funny. Yeah, but but Mean Machine was a good film. Yeah, yeah, it was enjoyable. Yeah, yeah so it was good, and and, and it had um our, our old manager, what's his name, um Wally Wally Downs. Yeah. So Wally Downs was actually the the coach of the team actually there as well. It was hilarious, and I went down and met him and, and interviewed him for Besotted actually sort of back in the day. So it shows you we've been doing bits and pieces from time, but. But a little thought. I mean, we've talked about films that should be plays. We've talked about these plays that are coming in to, to, to the West End and other places, which we'd love to see, because football plays, I'd love to see them. Yeah, they yeah. should do a tour of pubs, maybe do all the ground, yeah. pubs <laughs> by the ground, put these plays inside there. I'll, mm. I'll pop up and see it. 
what do you think are there any events that you think that maybe happened over the last few years maybe that should be turned into a play at all football event i would like to see a one-man monologue um which is king kev's internal thought processes while trotter takes the ball off him and Mm. takes that penalty Oh that's, yeah, no, I think anything but against that. Doncaster that is yeah, that could be uh, yeah. that could be quite interesting. Yeah. Sort of no, two it's a horror hours. movie, a one man monologue, <laughs> <laughs> just one man doing yeah. a monologue. So, I, I would, I would, someone, someone like Sean Bean, yeah, mm. uh, I, but I, Irish. I would like to see I've, Paddy. He could do the job. <laughs> We're cast. Um, we could have a musical, um, maybe Malpay in the last minute. You know, so that could be a sort of a, we could sort of full feature cast. We can uh, we can get Fulham along to to, to, to basically have a sort of a supporting. Role, maybe. yeah, play the villain, yeah. Uh, guys, you got any you, you've thought of any any, any you know, well, I mean, you were well, talking about full and the um 4 1 demolition, it was you know, could probably recreate that, okay. Sort of, you know, sort of one building day. sort of kind of crashing down and stuff like that, yeah, exactly. Well, their defense <laughs> crashing down. See, see, for me, there's only one time, it's the 26th of May 1999. Oh, which was that one? The treble, ah, oh, what happened then? What happened? Manchester United won the treble, I oh, did they? You can make that into a play, it'd be brilliant, wouldn't it? It'll be really Alex Ferguson with his uh, with his famous line, and that was football. There, eh? bloody hell, let's go for a break. <laughs> <laughs> Who needs news of misery in the world when you can just switch on Five Live? Five five eight a.m. Love sport. The fans show with sevenbestbets.com. Fancy a flutter? Sevenbestbets.com. Love Sports official bookmaker. When looking for the best possible deal for his car insurance, Jim went on the spokesmansaid.com and saved hundreds. I'm Jim. I'm a radio presenter based in Glasgow. I couldn't believe how expensive the car insurance for our Citroen C4 Picasso was going to be from my existing insurer. I went on a spokesman said and saved an incredible £600. Just amazing. Signing up to a spokesman said, best thing I could have done. Find quotes from over 100 leading insurance providers at a spokesmansaid.com. Getting real people, real savings. Compare, switch and save with a spokesmansaid.com. If you're in business, I bet you hate wasting money. We Do Taxi Tops can help you achieve minimum wastage on your advertising costs and maximum exposure. Our revolutionary taxi tops can target your potential customers in the right place at the right time. So your message has the greatest potential for making an impact. We Do Taxi Tops. Visit wedoh.com. We Do. The smarter, quicker way of advertising. Advertising in London, supporting London businesses of all sizes. Hello, I'm Michael Parkinson. The Lost Tabloids is the UK's leading youth cricket and disability sports charity, and now the official charity partner of Love Sport Radio. The charity's mission is to enhance the lives of disadvantaged and disabled young people through sport. Last year, the Lost Tabloids donated over four million quid to help young people of all backgrounds and abilities to get involved with sport. To find out more, to see how you can get involved visit lowestabulars.org you love your sport but it can be a pain organizing it endless phone calls emails and text messages organizing players and collecting money can all be a headache what you need is teamna.net the free sports app that'll help you manage your team's events communicate effectively as a team and now you can collect money simply and securely via teamer payments relied upon by two million members teamer is available for free on desktop android and iphone 558 am love sports Think about this. Chips are actually just fries. 
Big, very big, very, very big. The Fans Show with 7bestbets.com, the official bookmaker of Love Sport. The Opposition View on Love Sport. Yeah, it's Love Sport Radio, 12 minutes to 10 o'clock, and uh, Brighton have grabbed an equaliser. It's that man, Glenn Murray, who's grabbed a goal through a uh, vol via penalty, and uh, we are all square once again on in the uh, in the South Coast Derby. Now time for your opposition view, looking ahead to the uh, the game against Ipswich tomorrow night, isn't it? It is tomorrow night. Another midweek round of championship fixtures. Let's talk to Joe Fares from Blue Monday. Evening, Joe. Evening, guys. Thank you very much for joining us. Um, first and uh, foremost, let's um, let's just talk quickly about the, uh, the sad passing of Kevin Beattie. Um, I mean, naturally, there will be some form of, I don't know, minute silence, minutes applause tomorrow? Yeah, there's a minute's applause um, for Kevin, and the uh, Ipswich players will be wearing black armbands. I'm not sure if the Brentford ones will too, but the Ipswich ones will be. Um it's a big loss. It's a big loss to the club and the community. He was still very much involved with the football club on a, on a weekly basis down there. So, so I mean, uh, hello, Joe. This is Billy, mate. How you doing? <coughs> yeah, good, good, thank you. Yes, listen. So, I mean, I know from yourself. I mean, we're going to tell you. We're going to say, for us, we we haven't won away from home this season yet. Um, so, this is a great opportunity for Brentford to get off the mark with their first away victory. Like we said, um, the stats. I don't know if you know this, but. Neil Malpate, who's been suspended for three games, he's back again. Uh, he's played five games, and he's scored seven goals, which is more goals than the whole of the Ipswich team has scored yeah. all season. Does that worry you? Yeah, it does because we've we've played seven games and scored five goals, <laughs> the opposite to one player, and we we don't look like we've got goals in us at the moment. And like I said, I've watched a little bit of Brentford this season, and just not just Malpate, the whole team seems to be playing well and scoring goals and. Like I, say, I don't really see how we're going to stop this at the Aspen stand at the moment, but hopefully something will come out under the lights. The, the memory of Kevin Beatty will be looking over us and we'll be able to pull a performance out of nowhere. So, listen, Mick McCarthy, you know, is it time to bring him back yet? I mean, Paul Hurst, I know a lot about Paul Hurst because I, I, I live, spend half my time up in Shrewsbury. I've got the Shrewsbury Massive who give me all the information on Hurst. And, you know, I know how he went through ups and downs last season. The great start to the season and not a great middle. And then he pulled up at the back end. And it's about him sometimes not having a bit of a B plan B. And I'm just wondering, is that the problem that you seem that you're finding with him? I mean, he's only played five games. so Does he need more time? Well, he, he definitely needs more time, but the, the, sort of the issue we've had is that he, he came in at the start of the season, and obviously under under Mick McCarthy last year, we were not particularly <laughs> sort of good side to watch, but we, we did finish 12th on the table and had a number of injuries, especially in the midfield where sort of likes of Tom Adiani, Emmy Hughes, Andre Dezel, Teddy Bishop managed about five starts between the four of them. And so we looked like we had a sort of decent squad that could be built on, and sort of rather than do that, we've we've ended up almost losing nearly all the senior players or a hell of a lot of senior experience in the squad and we've brought in a load of, a load of players, 12 players of which I think only two of whom have any experience in this level or above and that, they were the ones that came in right at the very end of the window. So we've got, we've got very much a sort of a young, inexperienced at this level side and Hurst has come in, set the team up how he wanted us to play and then after five games, the worry is he's lost his nerve because we we set up very differently against Norwich. We sort of put two up front. We were launching it long to John Walters, and it was just a case of is he just doing this because it's a derby game and he'll go back to normal? But 
the performance at Hull on Saturday was one of the worst, sort of one of the worst I've seen for a long time. And we offered absolutely nothing going forwards and looked porous at the back. And it's a real concern that he's now is he is he going to go away from his plan A and not even have a plan B at all here. Uh, hey Joe, it's Kate here. Um, I was just wondering if you could, uh, if there were any particular kind of young players that you thought were, were sort of tasty prospects or that were standing out, even though you haven't had the the best start to the season. This has sort of been a sort of point of a little bit of contention amongst some of the fans, where towards the end of last season, a lot of the, a lot of the young players sort of came into the team under sort of Brian Klug, who was in temporary charge, the likes of Luke Wolfenden. England internationals, sort of Tristan Nydam, Flynn Downs went out on loan to Luton, Andre Dazelle obviously missed a large part through injury, where this season Downs came into the team on Saturday and, and struggled in fairness, and sort of Tristan Nydam, Ben Morris, Luke Walton, and have all gone out on loan to lower league clubs. Another guy, Josh Emmanuel, was on loan with Rotherham last year, helped them to promotion, was one of their young player of the year, and he's back out on loan at Shrewsbury in League One, whereas we brought in sort of Tyo Eden from Fulham and Trevor Shalaber from Chelsea and these guys seem to be getting chances at the expense of our, our youngsters and in fairness Tyo Eden especially has done well but he's now found himself out of the team for a reason sort of no one can really understand at the moment. It's, yeah, sorry, it's Gary here. Um, kind of going back to the way you guys have started, um, we, I mean last year we were fairly similar in the fact that we hadn't won a game at this stage last year, but we felt that we there were games that we could have won, we just didn't for various reasons. Putting whole, the whole game aside, do you feel that you should have more points than you have at the moment? I think um, sort of over, over the first five games of the season, whilst, whilst we didn't blow anyone away, we should have beaten Rotherham away, we sort of had all the chances in that game and conceded the 90th minute, but the, the big issue has been set-piece defending in that our games have been very, very tight in open play, where we've probably just just edged the chances in most games. But from set pieces, but I think we conceded seven goals in the first five games of the season from set pieces, and you just can't afford to do that when you when you're not scoring many goals. And I'm sure Billy will say from his Shrewsbury friends, their their season was built on a lot of one nil wins last year, being solid at the back. And if we can't restrict the opposition to nil, which we're, we're going to struggle. Yeah. So listen, so Joe, listen. Big game tomorrow, like I said to you, commemoration of, of Beattie and his, and his life. <clears throat> you obviously want to get a result. You need to get a result. Brentford are coming down. I'm just wondering, how do you think this game is going to pan out? We've got our free-flowing football, and you need to kind of tighten up at the back. I think, I think it's going to go sort of one of two ways. Hopefully, hopefully what it is, there'll be, there'll be a good atmosphere under the lights. We'll, we won't concede an early goal. And I think one of, the, one of the problems on Saturday against Hull was that we conceded so early that they were just content to let us have the ball, and we're, we're not particularly good. We're not a side full of technical players that are particularly good on the ball. We, we're, we're almost going to be better hitting a team on the counter attack. So the sort of hope is that Brentford's passing football and possession of the ball and the higher tempo and playing up more more in our third suits us more. That we can sort of try and press and win the ball back, and when we do it, try and hit you on the break quite quickly. But it's it's more hope than expectation at the moment because. Uh, like I say, I, I, yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect that to happen. But like I say, we've, we've just got to make sure we don't concede an early goal and oh. sort of just try and build, grow into the game and oh. build from there and try and get a bit of confidence. Okay, Joan, just quickly give us a score prediction for the game tomorrow. 
Um, I'll go with Kevin Beatty's favourite scoreline, favourite prediction, which I think he made for every Ipswich game of 3-1 to Ipswich, but I don't know if I believe it. <laughs> oh, OK, Ricky, listen, good talking to you, Joe. Thanks very much, mate. Thank you, Thanks, Joe, mate. Joe. Appreciate it. It's Joe Fares there from the Blue Monday podcast. Let's get a uh, prediction from yourself. 2-0 to me. Come on, you mighty bees. I think with the Beatty a bit of emotion, I think they're going to dig in and I think it'll be a one-all draw. I think 1-0 to us. Do you think they regret? forcing Mick McCarthy out crowbarring him out well it's funny because they just didn't like the, there's the football they're playing they no just one killed, did just they, they, they were terrible but yeah. let's be fair they haven't been great this season no it's only five or six games isn't it you've got to give a manager a little bit of time yeah, didn't you, they're, ro- they're, they're rooted to the bottom though aren't they yeah, well you know so are we we were one at this time last season we were one off the bottom we were seventh with three points and we were 23rd place just a little, little bit of knowledge for you. Who knows what can happen. No, there you exactly. go. Thank you very much for uh, for joining me. Or oh, by the way, finish Southampton to Brighton. So you can catch up with this podcast on lovesportradio.com. Hit on demand and uh, follow the uh, the on-screen instructions. Hit the Brentford logo. And check us besotted.com and also just besotted on Twitter and besotted1992 on YouTube. Just check us out. There you go. I'm back tomorrow from 7 where we talk all things Arsenal. It's time for the news, which is basically the bit where the presenter goes to the toilet. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.